What's the matter? Oh, nothing much. Well, we got to talk about live and let die. Yeah. And I, I kind of just want to let it die. <laughs> wait, wait. I thought we were going to talk about our mail that we got from the last episode. Oh, our fan mail? Yeah, we got some uh, fan mail. We got some tweets. We got some uh, social media call outs. Some, uh, some lies. Lies. We talking about lies. Your mom doesn't count. <laughs> so, episode two of Pod James Pod podcast, starring Aaron Nix. That's you. That is I. That is I. That is me. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Carlin Trammell. That is you. That is I. <laughs> And this episode, we are talking, or possibly not talking, about Live and Let Die, starring Roger Moore in his first role as James Bond. It's, it's the first time that he played James Bond. And he already looks 60 years old. Well, he's only like, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because Connery left. Well, I think Connery left for a myriad of reasons, you know. Yeah. But uh, one of the things was he was getting too old to play the part, mm-hmm. which is funny because, one, he did eventually come back and play the part in another movie. Where he's w- much he's older. Even older, like 10 years older. Yeah. And two, like Roger Moore is only, what, two years younger than Connery? It's not that much of a difference in age between the two. It doesn't make any sense. And um, so when I watched this, I actually watched this today, and I I, I didn't watch this on um, my DVD set, the James Bond DVD set. And first of all, I love the DVD set because when when you first uh, the first menu comes up, they're like the best sound, the best video quality, and then they came out with like Blu-rays of the same version like two years later, which I watched mine on Blu-ray. Yeah, I get that. Okay, you don't have to rub it in. Yeah, well, I'm just... I just wanted, throw it in. You wanted to set the stage for what you watched it on. I want to set the stage for what hey, I watched hey. it on. Okay, just so the audience knows, Carlin will always see this movie in a better quality version than I will. Not necessarily. Okay? So Not that, necessarily. Means you, that means you may see things... Okay, okay, except for Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, which are the only Bond movies I own on Blu-ray. Well, also, I don't own... Because I, I think eventually we will cover... The non-official Bond movies. So okay, you're you're right, and those, I don't own any of those. I'll have to restart up my Netflix. And those cause... I don't have on um, Blu-ray. In fact, like the Never Say Never Again Blu-ray. Like if I if you can find it on eBay, it's like I think it's a million dollars. And I'm not paying a million dollars. We need we need to find a like a bootleg copy so we can <laughs> make a million dollars. It may not be. It may be a little less than a million dollars. Don't quote me to that. I'm I'm just saying that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for never say never again. But we're not talking about that movie. I was just simply bringing right. that up. 
You're movie, you're making what, a blanket what, what, statement what that every time I watch it, Garland's gonna watch it better. It's no, not no, no, every you, time. You're the one who brought up the Blu-ray. You're the one who As was, far as like you're I'm like I watched on, I watched it on DVD and then you're like Excuse me, I watched it on my Blu-ray. I don't think I said that it that way. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I feel like I was just simply explaining that I watched it on Blu-ray. I don't. I didn't say. I can't say it the way you did. You know, what? I I like my DVD packs. Okay, okay I like. I, I enjoy them. I I'm just sorry you couldn't enjoy them enough, so you had to go and spend more money for the Blu-rays. I didn't do it that way, actually. But that's no, not that's not what this is about. So I'm watching. The movie, and I said, "Okay, I have some time. I'm gonna watch just like a few minutes of the special features." And uh, is Harry Saltzman, the one of the producers, right? Uh, I didn't know this because, frankly, I just I guess I didn't really care enough. But he he was talking about how they originally wanted. I I kind of call BS on this because I think he was just trying to please Roger Moore. Uh, he he said they originally wanted Roger Moore for the first movie like the first cast as James Bond but his schedule won't allow it with like him um, with his TV schedule the Saint so then, was he on the Saint at the time I don't I, I don't I, I don't care what? it's Roger no Moore wonder that you inside. completely bombed playing seen it it makes complete uh, sense now you, you know nothing about these movies I didn't know the Saint okay so he and then so they they cast uh, Sean Connery and then they wanted him for Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but he again another scheduling conflict. So they, I feel like they cast him for this role. Yeah, you're right because he, he's not really younger than Sean Connery. I think they just like, oh, he's available. Like they had this love affair with Roger Moore for some unforeseen reason. Right. It seemed like they, yeah, they loved him and they wanted to work with him, and that's fine. That's how it works. People, you know what? When I when I go to my job, I like to work with the people. That I work yeah, with. Yeah, you know when I when I want to do a podcast, I, um, you know I like to I like to hire people that are I get along with, and that's why I've hired you. And no, <laughs> um, wait a minute. No, you I expect me. the checks to come in the mail. Then I had no idea I was getting paid for this. It's awesome. Extra, that's extra, great news. Extra gum, brought to you by. Um, well, you know I, I assume that the money that I'm going to get paid is because of our sponsor. Our unofficial sponsor, Peppy Foods. <laughs> well, Peppy Foods is like I don't know about you, but they keep sending me merchandise. I saw a Peppy Foods truck today. Oh, you bastard! Okay, was it one of the new Peppy Foods trucks with the new logos and no, all that stuff? No, no, no. The ones—it's the it's Peppy plastic. Foods truck that we like. It's the vintage Peppy Foods truck. Gosh, I'm so jealous. Did you smell like? Could you smell the coffee emitting from the truck? Not really. I think they they have it like uh, they they really keep it fresh. I think there's some sort of vacuum seal so that you're <laughs> not going to smell anything because they're really keeping what's in there right tight. People would probably uh, swarm. They would swarm. They would the swarm. Trucks. Take over the truck like they're zombies trying to trying to get in and drink that coffee. But you watch Live and Let Die. On DVD, I watched on Blu-ray. We've set that stage now, and I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna pull any punches. Okay, I'm gonna say—I'm gonna come right out of the gate saying it. I dislike this movie. I don't—I don't like it. Why? Um, for numerous reasons. One, (laughs) 
One, I, you know, I understand. Okay, so Roger Moore. I'm not. I'm not an overall huge fan of Roger Moore. I think he, he's he's got some good movies. Mm-hmm. This one, I think he struggled to find his footing. Yes. As Bond, and he didn't come across as very Bond-like, and they didn't really do him any favors by not giving him some Bond scenes. Like I don't recall there being like a casino scene or certain like signature Bond. Like he's not wearing a tux in the in the movie at all. Like there's just certain things like that that I think. And yeah. I, it's trite and it's formulaic and stuff, but I just it's almost like you need it to give that actor like say oh, here he is, he's Bond, believe it now. There's there's no scene at MI six. No, it's even yeah, it's at his house, there's no Q scene, right? It's very it's very not British, it's a very American film. Very you know, yeah, that's that's part of it. Uh so that's one reason. It's in Roger Moore. And I I I see I see that reason and I completely agree. In that the very first scene we see Roger Moore at his house. Um, it might possibly be some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Where he's, oh, I got a girl over here. Oh, please don't walk over here, even though you can obviously see, see into my bedroom. And come over here to my kitchen with my <laughs> very complex coffee maker. <laughs> and uh, Roger Moore is so over the top. It, it almost, it, that scene stands alone as. I don't know if they shot that first or when they shot that, but it, it I almost you looks like special features. I I, I told you just a, a few minutes oh, of okay. it. So you didn't watch the part where they explained the order in which they shot the scenes. <laughs> I didn't re- I didn't read the script breakdown. Okay. 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 <laughs> We're gonna shoot this scene on this day. Yeah. No, no I, I did I did not get that far into the <laughs> special <laughs> features. But on a, I don't know if they shot that scene as like like a test screening or something with him, but it was is horrible and. He's he's never that bad ever again that I remember. But oh man, they they really needed to reshoot that scene. We should reshoot so, that scene now. We should like get him back. Yes. Recast uh, him. Is uh, is Lois Maxwell still alive? <laughs> I highly doubt it. You know, for that matter, you know this. I I should. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to be truthful here with our listeners. Okay. Is that all right? Are you fine with that? I I would prefer you to be truthful. I don't know how long before this episode drops. We're recording this at a particular time, and it may be a lengthy gap between when we record it and when it drops. And I just want to say, I don't know if Roger Moore will still be alive when this drops. So, if, if, in fact, he dies... Yeah. Between now and when this episode drops, and I have no idea how he's doing health wise. I haven't consulted his physician. I don't know. But if in fact he died, I just want to. I just want to well, say I, then, I am trying to be sensitive okay. to that. So maybe we won't ever reshoot this scene because he will have died before this episode drops. You saying you do not know the current state of Roger Moore's health proves to me that you would not do good. At- in the 007 seen it game. <laughs> Why? Is that one of the questions from 2005's seen it? They have they do <laughs> online updates on their DVDs. Upgrade your uh, firmware. Speaking of that, I have I have a question from the game. Okay. I'm going to ask you right now. All right. And okay, so I have to ask you one of the 
the car questions because obviously you can't see what I'm looking at on my TV. And the car questions are they're very easy, especially since we just watched the movie. Um, but most questions are like they give like five options of movies and you know in which movie did this take place. So it's very you have, you have to know everything. Okay. Like you can't you can't just pick one film. But I did find a good question for Live and Let Die. All right. Okay. In Live and Let Die, uh-huh. when Solitaire first asks 007 to pick a tarot card, what is the card he selects? Is it multiple choice or I have to know the answer? No, you have to know. Um, it was uh, like the Joker or the Jester or the, something like that. It was like a, the Gamester, the Trickster, the the Fool, the something like that, right? It was something along that you line. Got, you got it in the last one. It's the fool. The fool. Okay. No, oh, good. Cue applause sound effect. Okay, I'm not dropping in sound effects there. Just so you know. <laughs> Thanks for uh, leaving me hanging. Okay. Well, okay. So uh, also, what I don't like about this movie, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the big one for the last thing I'll mention. But the second thing is, I hate the character teaser. of Sheriff Pepper. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> drives me nuts and he's in another Bond movie and he's also in Superman 2 that essentially that same character it's the same it's uh, the same actor and he plays the same kind of part and I I just I loathe that character he ruins what was already a bad movie well I I assume he's in Superman 2 because Tom Mankiewicz no wonder you you completely he haven't bro- seen it I'm sorry but with my pronunciations. I'm horrible. But he wrote Superman, Superman 2. So he was maybe, uh, technically, yeah. He did a uh, uncredited uh, rewrite. He was actually a creative okay, consultant. Okay, well, I just assume since he's involved that that is why. That's Pepper. a great guess. I, don't, I have no idea if that's why or not. I don't know. Maybe. Well, then you would you would also be bad at the game double. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, that's a great... they, expect, they expected you to know all this like behind the scenes information. <laughs> no, I see. I see what you're saying about um, his role, <laughs> and the, the well, the whole. Okay, let's just get into it. Like the whole boat chase uh, takes approximately like. I don't know, 20, 20 minutes of the it film. feels like it. And it's made and longer because of all the stuff that they're, um, I'm going to use a, I'm going to use a pun here. They pepper in. Yes. And I, I feel like the writers just ran out of ideas and they needed an excuse for uh, James Bond to have a reason to go to New Orleans. Like they wanted New Orleans culture peppered in there. Because of reasons I'll get to later in the episode, but oh, teaser! Yeah, another teaser. But I felt like they they needed some sort of chase scene in New Orleans. Oh, there's you know swamps and they're uh, let's let's do a boat chase. And then they just happen to make the boat chase twenty minutes, and then they have this very stereotypical, uh, almost offensive Sheriff Pepper. Uh, in there is I mean, as I wouldn't say it's almost it's all right. He's straight up, straight up offensive, offensive as dumb redneck white man who doesn't know, you know, his left shoe from his right shoe. Because let me let me 
since we're on the topic of offensive, can can I then move into my third reason I hate this film? Is this the big reason? This is the big reason. Okay, okay. So, go ahead. I feel as though this movie, as I watch it now in my modern day eyes, is extremely offensive and racist. <laughs> But why is that, Carla? (laughs) (laughs) I just have a hard time watching it because, except for Quarrel Jr., every black person in this movie is a bad guy. Yes. No. And And they're all part of some, like, network of black people. When you say every black person, you mean literally every single black person you see on the street. (laughs) Apparently, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they they all have their communication like, system where they're all in walkies, broom handle like, walkies or whatever it was that that yeah, one the, guy had. The, the the guy the guy uh, shining shoes and the cab driver um, to it, every black person in this movie is a bad guy, and you, you assume Coral is a bad guy at first too. And you, yes, you do. And well, in fact, what's kind of ironic is that the girl he's with assumes he's a bad guy. Yeah. Which is probably the first tip-off to make you think that he's actually not one of the bad guys. Because she yeah. herself was... That makes no sense, but... You know what I'm saying. Yes, Live and Let Die is... It's very much a product of its time. Uh, black exploitation films were very popular around this time and somebody thought it was a great idea to make James Bond a black exploitation film and it is very much that all, every black community we see black character is very over the top either a pimp a criminal uh, eating soul food um, voodoo master voodoo, voodoo magic and like I said before they I, th- I feel like they picked three very typical black communities Harlem New Orleans and the Caribbean right and they had to get all three of those, and it's very, very racist and very, um, it's it's confusing. Like it's confusing why Bond is in this situation. And <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> well, it's like, what is it? Oh, I am. What does it matter to him? Because he's got a job to do, and he's got to do it well. That I wasn't even trying to say that, but I mean, what does it matter to him? Like he. The the uh, Americans have we have our own people. We have Felix, you know. Why do we need James Bond coming over here, helping us? Yeah. Well, they were MI6 agents that died, correct? Why were they here? Because they were uh, keeping track of uh, Kananga, Kananga, Kananga. I Kanan- guess, but I mean, that's what I, I was, and maybe this is explained in the book, which I haven't read. But I just didn't understand why the CIA or the FBI or somebody of you know the United States uh, from what i yeah from what i understood with m is that they had agents there uh like undercover keeping track of this dictator and you know apparently they got too close and they were killed but it, it i agree is very they just brush over that information. It's like it's like in these movie in these Bond movies and last episode of Goldeneye. It's like just get to the plot. Doesn't matter how Bond gets there as long as he's there. And I feel like that's at a fault, right? In a, in, a, in a lot of Bond movies, it's just not really ex- explained. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, 
when you watch the movie, you know it's going to get bad when he's first riding in the cab, and then he sees the pimp car, and the pimp car shoots the cab driver, <laughs> and it just it just goes downhill from there. And it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's a little sad. Well, and, go ahead. No, it's just I mean everything in between, like just jive turkey language, and you know there there are several black exploitation films that are very much black exploitation films, uh, but you you look at them as like that, and it's part of our culture. And you know I've studied and in, in, you know in film classes before I've we've viewed black exploitation films, and it is a it's a social commentary, and uh, it's just weird for a British. Uh, secret agent movie such as James Bond to use it this way and everybody's a bad guy there's no good black character except for uh, except for Corey who's you know barely in the movie well, right yeah he's, he's got that one Coral, scene sorry Coral, Coral yeah scene. well I yeah, think yeah. yeah you make a great point like why this whole why does why drop Bond in this and it could have been it could have been an interesting thing if it were one a little bit better written and two, like going back to our, the first point about Roger Moore and making this his first movie, I think didn't do him any favors. No. And no. if this had been another Connery movie or if Lazenby had had, you know, if he had stayed on and this was actually his third movie, it might have been okay to see this mix of genres, the classic British spy film mixed with black exploitation, And you wouldn't have to be reestablishing the actor at the same time you're doing a completely different genre shift. And mm-hmm. I, I think those two things worked together to make this something that I just don't yeah. like. They're fight. They're fighting each other. I I definitely agree with you. Uh, and Roger Moore, he's just he's just an awkward actor to begin with. And they just needed to give him something straightforward and simple. And he he even wrote a book based on his experience in this movie. And it's it was like a big. I don't know. It's strange. It's strange because you're right. They should have just had this be like the third or fourth movie he did. Yeah. Right. Well, like, so there we are. We are we are kind of agreeing. Interestingly. No, I I agree with you. I agree fine. With you. Fine. So let's let's go. Let's talk about the Bond girls in this situation. And the main the main one of this movie is Solitaire. Doctor Quinn. Quinn, Medicine, Medicine Woman. Woman. Kitty and, Cat. Uh, she, uh, I don't know. I she's very attractive, like you like like you've said previously on previous episodes of the show. The Bond girls are pretty. She is Although very I pretty think, in this. I think she got more attractive as she got older. I don't just disagree. just throwing just throwing that I out. I don't there. disagree, but just I'm not when we when we stop this podcast and we do our Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman podcast uh, <laughs> two or three years from now, we can talk about her then. But fine, fine. But uh, so that aside, Mister Mister Mister, I want to stay on track. <laughs> Fine. You don't want to get in Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman right we can. now. Okay. Let's talk about Doctor Quinn. No, Medicine no, Woman. no, no. Isn't no. Sully? Wasn't Sully so? He was just such a great character. I have like ten pages of notes that I was going to do on Doctor Quinn. Medicine. <laughs> okay, so go on. Yes, yeah, she's she's attractive, so she and fits that it. standard. And that's it. That's what I was getting to. <laughs> I don't feel like she's that great <laughs> of a Bond girl. Well, her character's so once again, her character's so weird, and the way he, her relationship with Bond is 
uh, comes about is even weirder. Like, he sees her, and he immediately assumes they're going to be lovers because of the card. Well, because that's, and- <laughs> that's Bond. That's ro- especially Roger Moore's Bond. Yeah. He, he sees a girl, and he's like, we're going to become lovers. That's- and he sees her the second time, and then he uh, alters the cards so that, yes, he will have sex with this virgin. So he knowingly takes away her virginity. <laughs> it's, it's really creepy of Bond to do that. <laughs> really creepy and and in the other in the other scene um with rosie he, where he has sex with her uh by the by the creek he knows that she is bad and then he you know pulls out the gun and says you know show me where where the house is and she says you, you would do that especially after what we just got done doing <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's like well i wouldn't do this before that right. it's like he he creepily had sex with her, <laughs> knowing that he was going to take advantage of her afterwards. And I, I really didn't like that about uh, Bond in this movie, is that he takes advantage of these women. Like I know he takes advantage of them, but usually in like a suave, romantic kind of way. But he, it's very deceitful of him. Well, I think it again. I think it gets back to Roger Moore. It's like it's that's a very. It's like I could see uh, almost any of the other Bonds doing that and being able to get away with it, just having that coldness to them. But Roger Moore is – he's a little bit different and he doesn't really come across as a cold guy. No. He's – you know, of all the Bonds, he might be the one that you'd want to hang out with. He's the one that you'd, you'd, you'd invite over on Saturday night for dinner. Yeah, he's very relaxed. I I agree. He's not. He's just a buddy, and he goes along with it. Even when he's stressed out, he just kind of raises his eyebrow and goes, "Hmm, that's interesting." Like he's he's not too worried about it. No, no, he's not. Okay, so what did you think of Rosie? Uh nah. I didn't really. I didn't really think she was that great. Yeah, very very forgettable, and again. Bond just immediately like puts his arms around her and like wants to make out, and it's just so funny to watch. It's just so funny, and because you you could not write a female character like that nowadays and get away with it. No, there's just, there's there's just no way, and we're so far removed from the culture and the the, the setting of this movie. It's you know, it's laughable now, but um anyway. All right. Well, was there anything that you did like about this movie? Oh gosh, um, I liked some of the gadgets. This movie is very gadget heavy, and almost every scene there's like three gadgets. Um, I <laughs> I liked uh, Tihi with the claw, <laughs> just because it it kept reminding me of Buster Bluth. Like I kept. <laughs> Like every time I saw his claw, <laughs> I didn't even think it, about that. <laughs> it was, it was a, it, it just doesn't feel threatening at all. Uh, so it would always make me laugh. Like I felt like it, it, one of his arms was obviously longer than his other arm, and right. he would just kind of swing it around. And it's supposed to be this menacing claw, whereas like it's easily avoidable. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, the way he goes out is is it's very humorous. Yeah, on the on the train. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoy that, and I I enjoyed that scene, and when Bond swings Solitaire up in the bed, it's funny. 
Well, it's, it's, it's a funny way to do it. It's interesting to me that this had the first. Uh, well, I don't know if it's the first, but it's got that. Uh, you know, the T's got the bionic arm essentially. Yeah. And it's not true super bionics, but he's it's essentially a robot arm he's got. He is a cyborg. Bond is think <laughs> about it. Bond is fighting a cyborg at the end of this movie. And then Solitaire has psychic powers. And so there's all this like weird science fiction y yeah. stuff going on, which Voodoo Yeah, stuff. voodoo stuff. And I I I'm not a fan of that kind of thing. Like, like I the I fantasy. <laughs> uh, yeah, when Bond starts getting into that Super sci-fi kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, this like supernatural aspect of Bond. It's it's hard to digest, and you know there's some movies that are like that where villains are more and more like that. And that's why I said like in Goldeneye, it's it's um, just an example because it's the only episode we do. Having a Russian enemy is easy to digest because it's it's set in reality. Um, but anyway. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, I'll and, tell you my favorite scene of the movie, and that okay. is uh, the opening credits. Paul McCartney's Paul McCartney and Wings song "Live and Let Die," opening mm. titles. Uh, that's my favorite scene. Everything else, I really because <laughs> it didn't have anything to do <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's funny how like the most successful Bond song is on arguably one of the 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 worst Bond movies. Um, well, what's interesting because, to me is like I know people who love this movie though. Like we're saying it's one of the worst, but I know of others who would argue, and that it's yeah. one of the best. It's got a lot of memorable things to it. I will give it that. Um, you know, I love Baron uh, Samedi. I wish I wish he had been a bigger part of the movie, just like the voodoo witch king or whatever. It's interesting how. I don't know if any other movie quite uses the the title, the main title track as much as "Live and Let Die." Like it, it shows well, up like three, girls, three or four times in the movie. They had the girls sing it, and the uh, well, yeah, she did a horrible rendition of it in the yeah, uh, the bar it's, area. It was it was like the the composer had a really easy job because he just used Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's really oh no I. Okay, so the train the train scene was good, but my favorite scene was the very first uh, New Orleans uh, jazz funeral scene, where the guy's watching the funeral uh, proceed down the street, and the guy kills him and says like, "Who?" Well, he asks, "Whose funeral is this?" And he says, "Oh, it's yours." And then they pick him up in the coffin. I it's something I wasn't expecting the first time I saw it. I remember, and I thought it was it was kind of it was interesting. It, it's kind of not necessary for anything in the script. Like, it has, has nothing to do with anything. They just wanted to throw it in there. But at least it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, if you say so. I mean, that kind of still feeds into what I was saying earlier. It's just like, oh, okay, here's everyone who lives in this city. No, I I agree. Like, take... Okay, maybe I like that scene because you, you, you take it out of context of the rest of the movie. And, like, stand alone, it's... It's interesting, like a funeral proceeding down a street. It could be in like in any action movie, and somebody gets killed, saying like, "Whose funeral is this?" Oh, it's yours. And then he gets put in the coffin. I just find that visually interesting. It'd make a great Arnold Schwarzenegger line. <laughs> Whose funeral is this? Oh, it's yours, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you take that scene and put it in any other movie. You're right. 
But all right, so let's let's talk about um, on our spectrum. So we've got sort oh. of three tiers. Just to just to reiterate, yeah. we got a kind of a, the top third, the middle third, and the bottom yeah. third. We're not ranking these movies, but we're just sort of saying where it would fit in that third. Where would you put this? Oh, bottom bottom third. I would agree, bottom third. It's bottom it's, third. It might it might be bottom third more toward the middle, but not very far <laughs> toward the middle. <laughs> So it's not it's not like in the scum bucket of all scum buckets, but it's uh it's definitely solidly in the bottom third. Yeah, for me, it's the bottom third. It's not the worst of the Bond films, but it's not. Um, I don't know. There's not many below it in my mind. I agree. I can I can th- I can think offhand of maybe one or two. That's about it. Maybe when I revisit the the rest of the movies I will think differently but <laughs> and we will come back and re-edit this podcast yes we'll painstakingly re-edit every podcast so, no, no, we... just just the results so like the whole episode will be bashing live and, <laughs> live and let die and the end oh it's in my top third <laughs> oh yeah I really enjoyed this movie <laughs> so listeners can be really confused. we've actually recorded three different endings for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Alternate ending. Alternate ending. So you can choose whatever version you agree with. Yes. All right. Well, that uh, I think that's gonna do it for the second episode. We talk about live and let die, and uh, yes. Next time when we do this show, we're gonna talk about another Bond movie. And which uh, one? Which one are we talking about? We are gonna talk about from Russia with love. No. 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 We're not talking about that one. We're gonna talk about Doctor No. Why? Why Dr. No? Because we're already on the trend of doing an actor's first movie. So we did Pierce Brosnan with Goldeneye. We did Roger Moore with Live and Let Die. And I think I feel like it's only natural that we, we need to get Sean, get to Sean Connery eventually. Right. So, yes. Yeah. I no, agree but with we, you. I feel like it's, it's interesting looking at their first movies. <clears throat> we're looking at this, like the launching points for the series throughout first fine doctor no doctor no fine i don't don't what i well, no okay, i you, just you i like the idea of the randomness like of it but no fine we'll do it your way you want so, you want to be random okay <laughs> doctor no Do- okay doctor no and then we can we can continue on that theme and we'll, maybe then that's, maybe next that's episode nice. people will f- find out what we'll do for the fourth episode We'll just there's, deal with only, that. There's, only, there's only so many options. We're, we're running out of options. We're fast. <laughs> we're quickly running out of Hurry, options. Hurry, make more movies. <laughs> That's Hurry, that'll get them. Make more spoof films. <laughs> oh, please don't. All right. Well, we've done it again. We've made Pod. the internet a better place. Pod. Podcast over and out. Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network.